ITL presents Retail Talks. Hello and welcome to Retail Talks. I'm Sabine Watson, your host for today and Global Brand Manager at ITL Group. For today's podcast, I'm joined by our very own Group Sustainability Officer, Jimmy Christopher. Hi Sabine, how are you? Good, good. How are you in South Africa? Yeah, all good this side of the world. So really exciting to have you here. You're actually quite new to the business. So this is going to be quite intriguing for not just our audience, but also everybody here at ITL to get to know you a bit more. Today's goal of the podcast is to help our listeners become more sustainable by helping them navigate through the complexities of sustainability. So let's start with getting to know getting to know you, Jimmy. So give us a bit, you know, tell us a bit more about your background. Why sustainability? So um, I've always had had quite a passion for the natural world, and um, um, I've been I spent a lot of time outdoors at a young age, which made me appreciate the environment. And then later in life, wanting to try and look after it in some way. Um, I like my surfing and my fishing, and Cape Town's a good place for that. And I've also got a mountain right on my doorstep where I live, so I spend quite a bit of time out there. And um, I didn't really know what what to study after school, there wasn't, I didn't see many things like, like my master's available. Um, actually, that was about 10 years ago. Um, so I did mechanical engineering. Um, and then I worked as an engineer for, for a few years. Um, I worked for the Beers for a year in Ireland, actually. Then I came back to Cape Town and worked for a consulting engineering firm. And it never really um, ignited the fire in me, you know. And I left the engineering job and by chance started working with a friend of a friend on some climate change consulting work that he was busy with. And the project went well and I really enjoyed what I was doing. So we continued to work together for a number of years uh, doing climate change consulting around South Africa, mainly for mining companies and a few others. And after doing that for a few years, I thought that it'd be really good to, to get some formal education in this field. So applied for master's in 2018 uh, and I'm just finishing it now about to hand in my thesis um, the master's itself is is called um, master's in climate change and sustainable development and it's it's quite cool because it's very broad on the topic of sustainability because it actually does encompass a lot of different topics things like actual laws about environmental law and policy some of the actual science behind climate change um, and then I ended up doing a thesis on something else that I'm very passionate about, which is the ocean. Um, for someone in the city of Cape Town, I had a meeting with the head of coastal policy development, and he told me about a recurring problem in an area of False Bay in Cape Town that, that was experiencing coastal erosion and storms that were starting to go over a seawall into the road, large waves breaking. Okay. So, And they also... Um, Governments and local municipalities are now looking for more green solutions to the things that would previously um, use hard engineering approaches, basically, to solve. So I, I designed a, an artificial reef to place offshore that would basically make the waves break further offshore and decrease the amount of energy in the waves that is reaching the shoreline. And uh, it's been a a long year of research, but it's finally culminated in, in my hand in now. So 
Now I can focus all my attention on ITL. <laughs> it, it certainly didn't seem like you weren't focusing on before on ITL. <laughs> it's, it's quite impressive no, to think that you were doing this on the side, actually. What about ITL and what, how did ITL come about? Uh, I heard that ITL was looking for someone to do with sustainability. And um, through my previous consulting work, I actually, with my old consulting partner, we, we did a project for ITL uh, 2000 and end of 2017-18 doing a carbon footprint for a few operations and after that was done I heard that ITL were looking for someone in sustainability so I approached Chris and and already had experience with the company so um, yeah and that's what led me to starting last year October I think I started yeah yeah October time flies when you're having fun <laughs> I know it really does <laughs> So, you know, that's that's fantastic. And that's really an amazing background you have. Not many, because I guess sustainability is, is relatively new in for the biz, for, for businesses, I guess. It's not something that many um, many of us will have studied uh, if, if we went to university mm. or, or anything. And it's not something that many of us will have had much experience with, and certainly not as much as you've had hands-on. So... On that note, sustainability is becoming a huge topic and, and not becoming, it is a huge topic right yeah, now um, for any industry, regardless of whether you're in the retail or manufacturing or, you know, food industry. What do you think is one or, or several of the biggest challenges that put brands and companies off from becoming more sustainable or starting their journey? Yeah, that's a good question because sustainability itself as a topic isn't something that you can you can do as a project and then it's done and you don't have to revisit it. I don't think that there is any reason that should put companies off. I think it's something that you almost are obliged to do these days because of the pressures on from consumers, governments, uh, stakeholders, and uh, the clear evidence we're seeing of um, of some of the impacts on the in environment. But it can be a little bit intimidating to know where to start, how to go about it. I think companies can be a bit a bit nervous of sometimes the costs, um, the time it can take, and also some of the, the laws and rules slash legislation around it to do with the cost. So companies obviously don't want to spend money unnecessarily without receiving some sort of benefit in return. And there are certain areas of investing in sustainability that can be costly, but if it's done correctly, then it can be a very worthwhile investment as well. Some things have longer payback periods than others. For example, if you're wanting to invest in solar panels for so like a full solar voltaic system for a factory, that generally has a much longer payback period than other forms of investment, although the cost of photovoltaics are constantly decreasing as the technology gets better. And also, you, you have to weigh it up against against the risks. For example, in South Africa, there's quite a large risk of supply of electricity. I mean, with what's been happening um, with our national grid provider, ESCOM, some days we don't have electricity. And if you don't have electricity, your business can't function. So mm. you have to weigh up the costs and the and the benefits from, from something like that. But then there's the small things where you get a much faster return. For example, uh, installing low low energy LED lights all around your factory as opposed to the traditional ones will save you energy as soon as you install them and they aren't particularly in expensive. So one of the things to do is to sort of start with the low hanging fruit, tackle that first 
and look at your impacts and where you're going to get the most benefit. I think another thing that that can kind of put companies off is which topic to start on, of sustainability, because it's, it's very broad and essentially it could cover all aspects of a business. So it is quite difficult to know where to start. I think that it very much depends on your business and your industry and how that impacts the environment. So this could be the water consumption uh, or water quality issues or the greenhouse gases you emit and the energy that you use. Um, so I think having a look inward at your company first and seeing which which things do you have a large impact on and then looking to reduce them. There's also lots of resources to use. For example, if you want to do a carbon footprint you can look at the GHG protocol corporate accounting standard to guide you and it explains everything. There's lots of information out there about everything. You just need to go find it. And that, that obviously requires, you know, time and dedicate like it does. It's yeah. a lot of time. That's why, you know, that's why we have we've brought you into the business <laughs> because you need to have that knowledge, that expertise as well to understand all of these all of these acronyms, these words, these laws, etc. Yes, exactly. So I guess everybody's sustainability journey will be different depending on what their business is like, what stage they're at as well, and probably as well, you know, how much how much they're willing and can invest in sustainability. Yes. I mean, you could, if you wanted and had the money, go out, convert all of your electricity to solar, spend a lot doing it and go over to completely renewable energy, which would be great. But I mean, sometimes it's not practical. You have to look at what's available. You have to look at what can be afforded. But you, but you do need to start somewhere. And I think the best, the most important step that you can take in starting the sustainability journey is the first one. Start looking at your company's impacts. Look at some of the areas like water and energy. Ask yourself and the company questions, how much water do you use? What effects do we have on water quality? How many emissions do we emit annually? What, what materials do we use? Those are some of the key main areas that receive more attention than others because they are quite important ones. So we've kind of done a similar thing recently at ITL. We have just published a new environmental policy that identified some key areas for us, which would be materials, water, carbon emissions and energy, local air pollutants and waste. So one of the main values of doing something like an environmental policy it allows you to, to refine your focus and use your resources on the areas that will give you the most benefit in return. One of the areas that our environmental policy led us to was our material inputs. You need to look at what you use and then look if there are sustainable alternatives. Us doing this process and looking at what we use led us to develop a new care range where care is an acronym for conscious, affordable, responsible and eco-friendly. It brings together all of our sustainable options and alternatives that we do offer for some of our key product offerings. And I guess the, the good thing as well about a lot of these sustainable alternatives today is that with technology being where it is, we're able to alternate to these sustainable options without really losing the quality or the aesthetics of the products you know, that, we're, that we're making more sustainable. Yeah, I agree. I think quite a few of the things that we are using now were very much in pilot stages years ago or didn't even exist 10 years ago. The cost of these sustainable alternatives has decreased significantly mm. with, with the advances in, in technology and it will only go that one way. So now's as good a time as any to start the sustainable journey. 
so talk, talking about the evolution of sustainability, what do you think has been the, one of the biggest breakthroughs really in the retail industry or manufacturing industry over the last you know, five years? I don't think I would call it a, a breakthrough on behalf of the industry itself. I think there's been a, a definite paradigm shift from, from the consumer side and the, and the stakeholder side that previously didn't exist. Mm. And that's mainly to do with transparency and about where your product is made. How is it made? These, these type of questions weren't asked previously. And now they're very much at the forefront. People want to know, what is your, what is your energy usage? What is your carbon footprint? Companies weren't doing this in the past. I think quite a lot of it has come from the more eco-conscious consumer because at the end of the day, that's what retailers are catering for. I mean, they want people to buy their product. And if people do say, where is this from? What is the impact? You can see that the, the effects of the consumer can, can have far-reaching effects on the people that are making the product. And I think it's great that there's a drive for transparency mm. and, um, and, to, and to communicate to the consumer how you do business. Yeah, that's thanks to social media. <laughs> yeah. That actually does probably have a huge impact because of now one person's own views or campaign against a product or for a product can have far-reaching effects. You can reach a huge amount of people in such a short space of time, which mm. previously wasn't, wasn't possible. Um, as, as you mentioned previously, sustainability is such a huge word and it's a massive topic and, and also quite a new topic. So what, what we've done is we've asked our colleagues here at ITL what their biggest questions, I guess, are around sustainability and hope that you can answer them. No pressure, Jimmy. <laughs> sure. So one of the ones that came up here is, is plastic bad? So, yes, in a nutshell, yes, but it also depends what are you looking at? I mean, all of the attention on plastic and media coverage has been because of its implications as a waste product, which are huge. I mean, I saw a stat from the, I think it was from the World Economic Forum saying that by 2050, there'll be more plastic in the ocean than fish. Oh, okay. And it's now starting to have effects back to us. I mean, fish are being caught and found with plastics inside them. So I think plastic is bad. I think that mainly it's bad as a waste product. I agree that plastics aren't good, but I also think that it's society that has made them have such bad impacts because they're not disposed of. People don't seem to realize what some of the impacts of their actions have. I mean, using something once is in general one of the paradigm shifts that I think we are, should be going for is that things sh shouldn't be so disposable, particularly mm -hmm. with the plastic things. Okay, thank you for that. Yep. Um, we also had a second question, which was, where can I find helpful information about sustainability, both from a business perspective and a personal perspective? So from a business perspective, as I said earlier, it is a very broad very broad topic so mm -hmm. one thing for example if you're wanting to look at energy uh energy uses and uh energy management there's something called the national cleaner production center there's numerous programs like that in every country that are often government-based that help to incentivize energy reduction or give free training programs to employees there's also uh ones through the sustainable apparel coalition like the higa index that that, that we've started to use now, which is a great platform for standardizing all of your environmental management, as well as giving quite a bit of guidance on 
seven different areas like energy use, carbon emissions, water use, waste, wastewater, chemicals. So there are lots of resources out there. You just, as I said, you need to go look and you need to try to find your search and maybe not just use the word sustainability. I think then in your own in your own personal capacity, it's just good to be exposed to to the topic. Um, so follow a few accounts on Instagram that give you some like daily tips on being more sustainable. And so that you keep it front of mind as well, because often if you're not thinking about it, you kind of just become, you kind of forget to do these things as well. So it's good to be reminded and keeping exposed to it so that you can consciously make an effort. Even our new ITL Look magazine has a few articles in there about being more sustainable and gives a few tips and a bit of guidance. So there are lots of resources out there. Just try and see more and more of them every day and slowly embed it into your life most important thing is and it kind of almost ties back even to the business thing is is just to start often people think ah oh, my small impact isn't going to make any difference they all do sustainability is a a lot of small things and not one gigantic change in your life just just the fact that you even are being more aware and starting to ask yourself these questions is a good first step mm. when you buy a certain product at the at the shops think about the environmental implications and just be aware that all of your decisions that you make do have impacts. And even making a few small decisions each day, add that up over, over time. If everyone starts to slowly have this uh, shift, it will, without a doubt, make a difference. And the whole world needs to start thinking differently and start viewing things differently. And I think that, that shift towards that has, has definitely started. And on that note, I think that's the end of our podcast. What a great place to end it there. Every small sure. step is, is a big step at the end of the day. I agree completely. And thanks so much for having me and giving me the platform to uh, chat about something important. Well, no, thank you very much. Thank you to everybody um, for listening. Uh, if you have any questions for Jimmy or ITL generally, please feel free to email us at info at itlgroup.com don't hesitate to get in touch. Thank you so much. Bye.